Welcome to The Wire King, digital marketing and social business podcast. Where I, Nick Allen, cover what's rising up in digital marketing, social media, SEO, content marketing, branding, and anything else web or tech focused that I think can help your brand do better online. The odd expert will join me here too as we discuss how to be successful in today's fast-paced digital world. Well, welcome to episode 33 of my digital discussions and sound bites. And to celebrate the first podcast since adding my RSS feed to iTunes, I've had a slight rebrand. Uh, the new name, which I hope you like, The Wirecare, Digital Marketing and Social Business Podcast, and uh, the geeky glasses icon to tie back to my website. Today I thought I'd cover off a few, off a few things. Um, first, the post methodology from Forrester Research, which is a great tool for defining your online strategy. Second, uh, I want to tell you about an idea I've got to help entrepreneurs, in which I match their marketing spend in exchange for equity. Third, I want to talk about some of my new favorite tools, as this show has no sponsor yet. And finally, I'll tell you about a story behind Wireki to round things out. So the post methodology. Um, it's a method for defining strategy that's been around for the web equivalent of a lifetime. Uh, back in 2007, the good folks at Forrester coined the post methodology, and I found it to be a fantastic tool for making strategic and tactical decisions around projects online. If you haven't guessed already, it's uh, not a strategy around posting things on blogs or social media. It's an acronym. And the method starts with people. Clearly defining your target audience is who your target audience is and uh, what they're like is key to any project. It labels who you're trying to reach. The tighter the description here, the better. You know, most marketing communications fail because people try to appeal to too wide an audience. And there's a phrase I love around this. You know, if you're trying to please everyone, you please no one. Everyone with a pulse or Middle-aged men is not defining your target market. You know? um, now, one thing you could leverage here is buyer personas, which are kind of like an ideal profile for your target. Um, you could use existing client data to find the median person, you know, the demographic or psychographic profile of your main customer. And one way to do this is to check out the dem demographics of your Facebook fan page. Um, yours or perhaps a competitor if you're aiming to be like them or you've got someone you like to emulate and I did a post on this last month for Insider CXM so I'll add that in the show notes for you to find with a simple look at stats you can see your median age sex and their location and you might be surprised and find you're targeting the opposite but let's hope it fits and it's aligned with what you were thinking and if you dig a little deeper by looking at the pages they like, you can start to get a feel for their psychographic profile too. You know, are they overachievers? Are they emulating? Are they uh, struggling to get along or are they part of the general masses? Um, now, if your target audience is not on Facebook or if you're doing this properly, you should also do some market research and interview the people you're trying to reach. You know, do you have some existing or potential customers? It's the best way to create the perfect persona. 
and people that have done this well like hubspot have even named them you know there's international ian marketing molly um, they put a face on the profile and that really helps when people are in meetings you know you sit down and if you're trying to work out how you want to message marketing molly you know you've got a picture that she's a, she's tech savvy she's online she prefers podcasts because she's taking a long commute or needs something to uh, fill in the time while she's yak shaving to get to that goal having that person it makes it all that more real and and really helps to drive doing what would be a people first activity and defining what is people first the second part to this people equation is working out what partnerships you could leverage um, to reach your audience you know who could help you to communicate with them and you for example if you're in Facebook and looking around your research might show that all of your fans are also fans of a big um, sports team they might follow the Lakers Manchester United or all be connected with um, one big wrestler you know um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson so perhaps partnering with them could be a way for you to do a bit of brandscaping oh, brandscaping now there's a topic for another podcast but anyhow you you know you could work together with them and partner to reach uh, some common goals and the third part to this people phase is working out uh, your initial thoughts on a RASCI chart for the initiative you know working out who's responsible accountable consulted and informed you might not have all the seats sorted but for anything that's uh, anything to happen you must have someone who is accountable for driving it to success okay so you've got a clear picture of uh, who you want to reach and who's involved what do you want to tell them what's the objective of what you're doing the O of post here you can outline the message or goal or action you have for this audience you know you're trying to get them to buy more are you trying to engage with them um, are you more interested in listening or gathering insights about them? Um, are you messaging to them or communicating an initiative or campaign, getting them on board? Are you, do you want to engage with brand ambassadors or just get someone along to a gig one night? And once you know what you want, then you can drive how you'll act in response. That's the strategy. Let's say I'm communicating to, as the CEO of my fans on Facebook or Twitter, what will my company do if people reply? What if they say something bad? What if they have great ideas? Well, how do I get those into a backlog? How do I prioritize them? This is the strategy. That's the planning for how your relationship with clients will change through your messaging. Um, and then you work out what do I want to get out of these relationships, this this interaction that we're having. You know what. What direction, direction do you want to take and what is the underlying proposition? So once you've made these strategic decisions, um, then and only then do we get to the final part, the part where most people start. And this is uh, something that really rubs me is that, you know the phrases, oh, we should be on Facebook, everyone's there. Um, are we tweeting this? We're, 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 where's our Pinterest profile? We need it, must have it now. And you know, It's here that you, you, know, you, you get into how do they like to be messaged to. Um, you, you get to define the medium that best matches your audience, uh, the message you want to give, and how you change your organization when it meets your objectives. 
you want to look at what applications or websites we can use, should we just email them or even call them? You, know, you might not need to get high tech. And in some cases, perhaps they're overloaded with high tech and switching to a gilded envelope of, you know, with a letter inside. You remember those? Letters, you know, physical things that come in and are delivered to you with post. They're so special now. It's like how we used to covet our first emails that we received. Uh, and the total reversal to my inbox right now. So the, this choice, this T, the technical choice, reflects the choices you've made in the first three steps. If the people you want to connect with aren't on Facebook or hate video messages or will demand rapid responses, then and then this is defined in your PO and ES answers, then making a viral cat video to post on Facebook is just wrong. You know, so once again, people first, objectives and goals next, strategy and then last, technology that will help you get there. Okay, so part two, and I, and I might not have whetted your appetite enough there in the intro, uh, or maybe you're working in-house and this is totally irrelevant, but hear me out and think of any startup or small business friends you might have that may find this useful. Uh, here's my elevator pitch. I'd like to help your business do digital marketing right. We'll define target audiences, set up a content stream that will lead them to discover your brand, grow to love it, and share it with others. The best part is you can pay me with equity. Two meetings and a couple of months or an ongoing monthly mentorship, you decide. But I'm certain that we can make it work. I'm so certain that I want in on how good your business will be. So snap to it if that sounds like you or get your contacts over to Nick wallen.co forward slash startup for more information. So he here's where I'd love to be able to throw in a sponsorship section one day. But just for now, I wanted to um, perhaps give a couple of who are the term shout outs or um, some praise for two tools that I've been using recently that have been really helpful online. And that's Google Docs for editing online and in real time with my colleagues around the world. It's great for collaboration. You can whip up um, the equivalent of a Word document and just start tapping out ideas. You can be working at top and bottom ends of pages. You can have someone editing and proofing while you're still writing the end of an article. Um, and it's a perfect way to be able to transfer and collaborate online. And I've connected that with a wonderful productivity tool called Trello. And Trello lets me store uh, boards, which uh, quite li literally like an old pin board where I can create columns, a backlog of work I need to complete, what I'm working on, what's staged and ready to go out on the website, what's live, and what I've done a retrospective for, what I've reviewed and cut back on. You can connect it up to your Google Docs, as I've said. You can add funky little images into the top to give it a bit of variety. And they've got a couple of power-up options too. Um, one is if uh, if you manage to invite a few friends along, they give you a gold membership for a certain period of time that lets you upload files up over 25 megabytes straight into it. Um, but one that I found really useful was a calendar mode. So if I set a, a due date for any of my tasks, 
um, I can then switch to calendar mode and see which ones are coming up next. Now this is perfect for running a content calendar. And we have our bin or our backlog of every network here at Harcourts that um, keeps a register of uh, all of the content that's going to be coming out soon on the website. And it's a great little tool for me to be able to collaborate again with colleagues. It's online. Uh, we all have access. We can at message each other, uh, comment in sections and bring people into into things. We can set up checklists so that we can get approvals from the right people and include the right content and tagging on the posts. A great little tool. Check it out, Trello. Um, I even have a little homework board um, that I send a link to my wife for as we're approaching the weekend and together we help prioritize what we're going to be doing, the fun activities we're going to do with the kids and all of the DIY tasks that I might have. So give them a try um, and hopefully I can have a little sponsorship spot here. Squarespace sponsors everyone else's podcasts but for me it's uh, Trello and Google Docs are the two for today. So what's the story behind Wayaki? Just an aside, I thought I'd explain Waiake. Waiake is the Maori name or native New Zealand name for my local beach, uh, which is a few minutes walk down the road from my house. It's a horseshoe shaped little bay uh, with an impressive rock that's been cut off from the left hand peninsula. Um, he's called Tor and he stands out there proud in the morning sunlight that's out on the east coast. And being inside the gulf, the Hauriki Gulf, uh, the waters are pretty safe for a good swim, great place to take the kids. Now, Waiake translates to spring or water from below. There's an underground river that surfaces here, hence the name. And hence the reference uh, in the intro there to what's rising up in the online space. Hopefully you'll find uh, this a spring of learning. Uh, <laughs> you know, spring of learning about what's new and what I think and what people smarter than me hopefully, if I can convince them to come on the podcast, are thinking about what's up and coming or best practice to deal with this constantly changing digital landscape. So that's it for this episode, and I'll see you next time on The Wirekit. Thanks, guys. Bye.